This week we read The Smoker, published in The New Yorker by David, last name I can't pronounce, Schickler. I'm really bad at pronouncing oh, names. I thought it was, I, I was saying Schnicker sh- the whole time, like, <laughs> like, like, like Snicker. Schickler. <laughs> sh- Schickler. Over the course of this podcast, Sorry, you will learn that I cannot pronounce names for the life of me or words. Um, so that's a fun fact. I'm Jesse, and my fun fact is that I can't pronounce names ever. Um, um, <laughs> um. I'm Winton. I also read the smoke. <laughs> Wait, no. I'm Winton. My fun fact is I'm unemployed currently. Oh, I like that. That's not a fun fact. Yeah, these are not fun facts. These are just the truths. <laughs> Let's start. Okay. Let's start. I think we should do a summary first. Yes. So Let's summarize it in our own words, like English, like a book report. <laughs> you go first. My summary... My summary is that this... It's like he said, it is... It's like it's like that letter that Nicole wrote. This story is a is puerile, self-involved gamesmanship. Because um, <laughs> basically, this guy is really horny for this underage girl, even though she's nineteen, but she is still underage. And then um, I don't know. He's just a very depressed guy, so that he he's, he goes and hangs out with her, and then and then they're all just talking super weird. Um, Wait, you think you think he's depressed? I think he's just a lonely dude, and he has nothing better in his life going on. My summary, all right, all right I- two sentence summary. There's a teacher. He has a student. He's mega horny for his student, which is totally <laughs> inappropriate. And instead of nipping it in the bud, in immediately as he should, he gets engaged to her, which is very weird. I think that's a pretty good summary. summary, I have nothing. (laughs) Okay, my summary. I was going to say, you did such a good job that I have nothing to add on. Um, My two-sentence summary. There is a teacher who desires things that he shouldn't desire. Yes. Like his high school student who is 19, so you don't think it's weird, but it's still weird. Yeah. I like how the author was like, I'm going to make her 19, so it's not, so people don't think I'm weird. Guess what I'm saying? Oh my gosh, I was having... You're still weird, David. I was having the David. same thought. You're still weird. <laughs> I know. And the the picture on the story on the New Yorker, which is where we're reading it off of, just has the author photographed with like a backdrop of these Ladies. women who are just seeming to potentially fawn over him i'm not sure what's going on but i guess we can dive into that part later i interpret this photo as he's like you know he's like the outsider of the group of girls he's like portraying himself as like this cool guy who's too cool for like the temptation of women oh that's a very interesting interpretation i can i can see that but I just think, like, um, I don't know. I don't know. There's just something about this this picture that rubs me uh, in a way where it's, way. like, <laughs> I don't know if it rubs me the wrong way, but it's certainly, like, it's, yeah, maybe it is that he seems like he's too good. I don't know. I don't know David, so, all right. Yeah, that's it's one word for it uh and what a perfect way to transition to our favorite word segment the favorite word used in this what was your favorite word jesse there are a lot of words in this especially because there's a vocab quiz in the middle of it (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh i i was waiting for you to bring that up i also was like oh my this is a lot um i'm trying to flip into it i wish i could capture my paper asmr right now here i'll Um, add some for you hopefully that translates well to the (laughs) i 
I think it will. Um, okay, let's just first dive into his usage of horny, because that yes. might be one of my <laughs> words class, that I have to choose. Like, students, let's turn a page. Uh, I circled. I'm pretty sure I circled that. I also... Okay, here it is. It's on page nine, because I had to circle it. Horny health teacher. Yep. I, I, I underlined it and wrote, what? <laughs> That was me throughout this entire story. Everything, every few sentences, I had to underline something and write what or rut-row. Anyway, yes. <laughs> Let's talk, what do you think about the descriptions of of the ladies in this piece? Slash the horny. The descriptions? Yeah. I mean, the way it's set where he is the only male teacher in an all-female school, of course, I think there is going to be some intrigue. But to just say that everyone is horny for this man, this, like, mediocre man, is a little bit surprising to me. I know. I don't feel like you can't tell if... First first of all, yes. I feel like this entire piece was, like, the male gaze. Because he kept he kept <laughs> writing about Nicole's, like, breasts. And, like, how she's, like, thick. She's like, OMG. And every... Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, everything was, like, curvy this... Yes. What he calls another one of his students like a bombshell? Is that right? Yes, he's a mega. This teacher's a mega perv, and then also yes, I feel like you don't. I feel like I don't even know if the teachers are actually into him like that, or he's just like totally just imagining it. Um, because mm. he's like a just. He's like detached from reality or something. I don't know. Do you think that? this teacher thinks that he is the main character you know does he have main character energy he thinks he's the life? main character he thinks he's like so like cool he's like oh i go to the movies every night i don't watch he's like he's a type of dude to be like omg you guys are watching a marvel movie don't you know that's like not like real cinema he thinks he's like very cool but he's just a perv and mega doing illegal things yeah um i mean i agree also it's so funny in this recording you're probably gonna hear my stomach like churn and that cracks me up um yeah that's a metaphor i also have to <laughs> a metaphor for the hunger that douglas has for <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> i don't know <laughs> and what are you gonna say Jessica? for all his students seemingly okay but more seriously i do like the way that he that the author does use some of these words like uh when he describes the razor how it has bitten his hair down to the scalp in terms of like cutting it i was like ooh, i like the way that he used that um also back to what we were saying earlier douglas does have like a savior complex for sure i know he um he was like Oh, I write such good recommendations for my students. <laughs> exactly. And and he's like, getting a haircut from this Mexican man is keeping him out of trouble. And I'm like, mm, I, I don't know about this, Douglas. That's like my least favorite trope in writing is when like they, they sprinkle in like a little, like some ethnic people just to make it a little spicy. Like what was right, the, what was the right. point of even discussing like, I guess the point of having those, the Mexican men who drink beer was just to, like, show how lonely he is. But it just kind of, like, right, and, I don't know. Like And and how he describes them as violent. I was like, they're drinking beer and having fun. Very problematic. <laughs> this makes them violent. And he's getting free yeah. haircuts. And he's acting like he's doing such a big favor. We all know you're, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you're a cheapskate, Doug. <laughs> But, um, yes, I agree. There are some good words in here. My favorite, my favorite word was hail. H-A-L-E. Mm. I'm going to use that word because it's so, such a, such a simple four-letter word. I think it means, um, yeah. strong or something. But yes, yeah. that was good. That was Robust. a good word. Yeah, he was very, he, he, this is a, this is a viral, what's, what's the word? For real, he's a strong dude. 
He's a strong dude. <laughs> or so he thinks. Yeah, I mean, I I think I think he thinks he also is. Although, like at the same time, even though I do feel like he tries to think that he's the main character and like a savior and doing all these things, it is like very interesting to see him as a character like blush at these like awkward moments or um, to like make these like self-deprecating jokes. Which is is that why? Uh, maybe he's just like an insecure shell of a man who is predatory but I just think about the moment where he's like oh I I can't he like runs every day but still has no stamina which honestly same my asthma gets the best of me (laughs) but but he always makes like self-deprecating jokes um, throughout the piece which I thought was was interesting when he is seemingly this guy who is sort of above it all He's all like, hee 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 hee, OMG, you're making me blush, Nicole. What do you think about his um, quirks of his hiccups? When he doesn't know what to say, he hiccups twice. Or no, 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 he sneezes. Oh, I didn't, I didn't pick up on that, but you're right, he did sneeze a lot. That was weird. I feel like the writing is interesting because we don't really ever all... I mean, you can tell that he's really horny for Nicole or what. I don't know what's going on. He's into Nicole. Mm. But we never really, like, get, like, really into his head. It's just, like, he just sneezes and stammers, and then we're supposed to, like, figure out, like, how he feels. I mean, I think we kind of do know how he feels, especially, like, in the beginning when he's talking to Nicole, like, on the phone. And she was like, your blue ankles that you recently injured. And she's like, how did it happen? Well, she didn't really say that. That's, like, me uh, summarizing it. And he was like, the truth was, Douglas had slipped in his shower like an elderly person. And he didn't tell oh, Nicole yeah. that. He, he mega had a crush on her from the beginning. Okay, at what? At, you think that he had a crush on her from the beginning? Yeah, probably even before she wrote that letter to him. Because if, if he didn't have a crush on her, he would have shut that down so fast. In, okay, story time. In high school, like, we had a thing called, like, Big Sibs, which is basically, like, when upperclassmen would, like, get underclassmen to mentor them. And then, like, one of the... I had an interview for them. I didn't get in. But then one of the questions... They had us, like, role-play different situations, which is, like, weird. But anyway, one of the, situ- <laughs> the situation I had to role-play was that, like, one of my, like, underclassmen mentees had, like, a crush on me. And I had to role-play, like, shutting them down. It didn't go. It didn't go well. But, like... I feel like, yes, when he got this letter, he should have just shut it down. He should have just been like, he should have just not even responded to this letter or something. Or when she, or when she called him, he should have just hanged, hung up if he wasn't like, if he didn't have a crush on her. Right. I mean, I also think that you are right that he had a crush on her since the beginning because he's like hanging on to these words like in bed when she's like oh i'm I'm in bed writing this to you and he's like she's in bed and i'm just like douglas is out of touch like when i'm in bed i'm like pimple cream on like just doing my thing and he's just romanticizing his students in a very problematic way very problematic unless that's what he's into on natural but Based on the way that he loved her when she showed up in that black silk, I do not think that he's into the uh, natural beauty slash lazy girl he's, style. He's definitely been thinking about his students. Because where's that part where he like looks at all his students and he's like, oh yeah, like oh, the, she she is the hottest one basically on page six. <laughs> on page six, he's like, oh yes, I have six smart girls. And Nicole is the hottest one. Very right. weird. That's right. Very weird vibes. Also weird to call uh, Rhonda, his other student, a bombshell. bombshell what does that even mean? Like, that's very weird. <laughs> that's what I was wondering. Hot. And then she describes the other teacher. Basically, every woman in this story is just described in terms of, like, their hotness. Mm. Which is, um... Is that... Is that accurate? Do you, do you think that 
maybe the writers being true to real life is that how men interact with the world what do you think do i think let's see yeah i guess there's is the author self-aware of his weirdness i feel like no because this was written in 2000 and people weren't as aware of their weirdness <laughs> back then and then secondly do men think about women like this uh, I mean, yeah, probably, <laughs> like, a lot of men probably do, which is pretty <laughs> fucked up, so, not that I approve of, not that I approve of that, or think that's good, but probably, you know, so, that's okay, not good. Okay, you heard it first, men are trash everywhere, even as literary characters. This is an anti-patriarchy podcast. You know what this, this, you know what this <laughs> reminded me of? This remind you know, um... Max from Gilmore Girls. Mm-hmm. This is Ryan. If Max was like dating Rory or something, very weird. Oh no! You know what? I bet you there are some fanfics like that, and that really scares me. There probably are, but it's like the same vibe because, like, um, you know, he's like the teacher. He's like so mysterious and smart, and she's like mm. the student. I feel like, yeah, it's not good. And then yes, going going back to the whole. Oh, but she's 19, so it's actually okay thing. Guess what? It's not okay because he's in a position of power. So he's like, even right. even if she thinks, even if she's technically 19 and she thinks, I think there's a part where she's like, oh, yes, I actually do want to do this at the end, right? Where, she, where After they say, like, oh, right. she's like, um... She's like, okay, on page 20, she's like, I've dated some guys and I know what's around and, well, I just know what I want, which you could interpret mm-hmm. as, like, her consenting or whatever, but it's actually not because, like, she's, because she's in, because he's in a position of power, I don't know why I'm mansplaining this situation, but, <laughs> yes, because <laughs> he's in a position of power, it's like, I don't know, she's like, doesn't, she's not, like, in the right mindset to be able to make a decision you know what i mean yeah while i would like to think that nicole is like full of agency and whatever i just think the fact that he's her teacher like that and has so much influence over her life in these ways makes me uncomfortable especially like and and here's where i think like maybe i could have been like oh there's something But the fact that she says, I'm prepared to become completely infatuated with you, makes me feel like this is not what she wants, you know? That she's, she's like, I'm just gonna, like, do this because I have nothing else to do because, like, I'm bored, you know? Yeah, I don't think she... I feel like he's exploiting that. It's definitely, like, her parents... Her parents definitely play a part in, like, pressuring her to do this. Yeah. And I don't know if she, it makes me, th- I just made this, it just clicked. But maybe, like, the whole thing about him, you know, that it's called the smoker, and, like, he had the whole thing with the boxing. I was like, what the fuck's, what the fuck's going on here? Why did they, why did they mention this story? <laughs> maybe it's because, like, you know, he didn't really want to box, but he was forced to. And now this lady's mm. being forced, being forced to marry him. Maybe that's the connection between the two of them. Oh, I think, I think that's... That's what you did. I think you just did it. I I also think it's like she is equally lonely in... I mean, not... Like, she's equally lonely, but in a very different way. You know? Hmm. Yeah, she doesn't seem like she has too many friends. Yeah, like, she's just daydreaming all the time. Sitting in high heights. Uh, you know, okay, going back to the word thing, this sentence here where it says Douglas Douglas had a privileged view of her ankles. Yeesh. Like, what does that mean? But Very weird. He was very, like, into her legs. Yes, very into her legs with her black pumps. Um, but, yeah, I think... Yeah, I think I think that she was just lonely and for some reason she thought this was the way to like entertain herself cuz like she clearly was seeking something. Obviously like I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but in the story like she is bored, she's lonely. All these people around her trying to exploit her, marry her off, do all these things. So I think she just needed some way to find some agency. Um and she thought this was the course of action to take. 
that's the vibe I'm getting from her. Yeah, it doesn't really seem like, because it doesn't really seem like she has much of a personality besides she wants to go to Princeton. Yeah. <laughs> and she plays field hockey. Mm. But that's probably just because we're looking at her through the eyes of Douglas. That's right. That is very true. Is a very, um, but yeah, I agree that she, yeah, at least in, in terms of the eyes of Doug, she doesn't seem to be like a very flushed out person. Right. And I don't think he would want her to be that. He just wants her to be a, a smart daydreamer who reciprocates his feelings. Yeah. It would be interesting to have, you know, see it from her point of view. Because I bet if this story was from her point of view, it wouldn't be like, oh, my hot teacher is so hot. I can't wait to marry this- her. For like 20 pages, you know? Right. From her point of view, if this was written from her point of view, she's like, I'm going to catch the one predatory male that's in this entire school, (laughs) and I will go through deep lengths to do so. Um, Exactly. The story did not age well from 2000. Yeah. Oh, shit, my phone. Okay. Um, Let's see. What's next? Oh. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess we could just go straight to that. Do we, do we think this, um, do we think this story stands the test of time? Do we think it stands the test of time? Is it iconic? Is it iconic? All right, I would, in order to answer that question, I'm going to jump to a previous question. Who is it in conversation with? Mm. I feel like this piece is kind of like, is, well, any piece that deals with underage relationships, I feel like. Is like Lolita <laughs> right. ish, but um, what's the difference? But, but the th- Lolita is iconic. I yeah, guess. Yeah, I was gonna say Lolita hey, is say? iconic. L- Lolita is considered to be iconic. Yes, it is iconic, but what's the difference? I guess Lolita. Why is Lolita iconic? <laughs> Okay, because it's very problematic, I guess. Here's the situation. I heard this in a talk, and I I don't remember who was giving the talk, um, but it was someone in the literary field. And they were saying that Lolita is iconic because you have, um, like, conflicting things that you want to... Or, like, that you have two conflicts that are not supposed to go together that you actually like. I've never read Lolita... So I can't really speak to this, but what she was saying is that Lolita is a love story and everybody wants to root for love. And the reason that it's iconic is because it's a good love story. And the hurdle is that she's underage. Mm. And so that's like the taboo. Yes. I feel like Yes, I, that makes sense as to why Lily is iconic. I feel like part of the reason why it's iconic as well is because, like, you feel very deeply that is a wrong thing in Lolita. It's like, damn, this is mega wrong. In this piece, I don't know if I get the sense that, like, oh, this is super wrong. Mm. I get, like, a little bit of that in this piece. But I also don't, I can't tell if, like, I don't get the super, like, or I don't know if the author, I guess the author's, the the piece as like a piece doesn't give me the super heebie-jeebies. The heebie-jeebies I get are like from myself, <laughs> I, knowing what I know. I, I was going to say, you know, if we're saying that this is in conversation with Lolita, were you kind of rooting for Douglas and Nicole? I guess is the question. I was definitely not rooting. Are <laughs> <laughs> you rooting for them, Jesse? No. <laughs> no. Yeah, they seem like a terrible. I, no. Too terrible. I, I laugh, and I'm not rooting for them. But I, I do have to say, that last line, you know, of, of, uh, you know, him telling her to punch him based on their whole, like, boxing situation, I was kind of like, I'd be interested to see this play out 
you know, as a story. If this shit was happening was in real life, I was like, absolutely not. But there was something about it where I was like, hmm, I do want to know if they make it. That was definitely their meet cute moment. Right, right. But, uh. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. I guess. Oh, yes, oh I was going to say Lolita. I was like, mm, the literary person, maybe she didn't say that it, it was iconic because there were two conflicting things. But I think it was more like you, everybody, wa- everybody likes a redemption story and everybody likes a love story. And so when you put those mm-hmm. two things together in Lolita, you confuse the readers because they don't know what's more powerful. You know, that's a good that's a good description of it, because yeah, I feel like it. Lolita tackles the taboo very well, yeah, which is what makes it partially is what part of what makes it iconic. I think so. I think that's I think that's more what it was, um, but I think like here we don't have that same type of conflict. I mean, the main conflict here is that she's underage. He's her teacher. He's fighting his internal demons not to, like, sexualize her. But there's nothing, like... It doesn't seem like he's done anything so egregious uh, other than the said thing, which is already egregious in itself. But it's not like Lolita. You know what I mean? Wow. This is sounding so bad. It sounds like I am, like, pro these weird underage power dynamics. I swear I'm not. I get what you... Yeah, I feel like... Alright, I did like like the writing in this piece. Mm. I thought it was a good story. Yeah. But I don't think it's, like, very... I think if it's iconic, that means, like, we could read it today and it would still be iconic. But I feel like this piece aged pretty poorly from 2000. Um, I don't... Why did it age worse than Lolita? It just, cause it just feels like it's not self-aware of like it's how weird the situation is i i think you're right i think that i'm getting uh too into the romantics of the writing versus like the content because i love the words that the author like uses and like i do enjoy their conversations even though everyone sounds like it's like very like old-timey for some weird reason i like picture this in like the 1940s and there's like no indication that that's happening but the way that they speak and so i think like i'm i'm being sucked in there (laughs) but if i think about it objectively as like a story about a teacher who likes his high school student like it's very deplorable it's very weird it's very unaware so i have to take a hard stance there so i feel like yes in the themes department i'm not sure what this is giving me that lolita doesn't or I'm not even sure what the theme of this is. It's written very well. Mm. It's like, you know, it's very stylized writing. I feel like the dialogue in this is a little weird because the dialogue doesn't, like, seem to always match up. It's like, it's like, it's like, I brought a cake. Have a drink. Teach us something. <laughs> it's just like a bunch of words that aren't related. But um, it's definitely good writing. But yeah, I don't know. I don't even know what, what I'm supposed to take away from this, really, besides being creeped out. <laughs> I think that you have a much stronger radar for that than me is what I'm learning here, um, which is very alarming to me, um, which... I don't know. I mean, maybe that's... Maybe, you know, maybe if David Schneiker was here, I wouldn't say this to his face, <laughs> but... I don't know. Do you think you'll read this piece in 10 years? Do I think I'll read this piece in 10 years? Um, I think it's maybe. I don't know. I think it's technically, like, as a writer, as a write like, from the writer's perspective, it's very good. Because, mm-hmm. like, he's able to, like, um, I don't know, capture... He's very like he doesn't he never really like talks about how what Doug's thinking, but he's he able he's able to like key us into how he's kind of feeling, which is good. It's like 
I can see why it was in the New Yorker because it tickles the fancy of like, you know, ooh, it's very mysterious. Yeah, I think that kind of makes it so. iconic a little bit. I mean, do I think it's like as iconic as other things? No, but like it can be iconic on its own, and I I do. I do think the writing of this is is kind of iconic, um, and and it did make me curious about Douglas and Nicole, even though their situation is very very wrong and very very messed up, but it did make me wonder. So, I think I think to me that that makes it uh, stand the test of time. We are reading it in twenty twenty two, so that has already stood the test of time. That's right. For 22 years. Okay. But I yes, I I agree I'm interested in... I feel like they're not going to make it, though. <laughs> they're definitely not going to make it. Nicole's going to go to college. I'm interested to see <laughs> see how they're not going to make it, I guess. Okay, what do you think happens? Imagine Douglas and Nicole's life right now. Like... What happens? She goes to college. She meets some other guy, <laughs> like, three months into college who's, like, young and smart and mysterious and she goes she starts going out yeah she goes to college gets more educated learns about power dynamics and says oh my gosh my teacher is a total creep yeah do you i mean like uh, like when she turns like do we really think like when she turns 40 she's not gonna realize how messed up like her situation is and not divorce him immediately yeah even if they make it and also just like this maybe this is also like a commentary about the parent situation because her parents were 12 years apart the dad set up the marriage based on like his partner so maybe she just thinks that these power dynamics is are are like very normal and maybe like this is actually a, a tragedy in that way because it's like a bunch of cycles of abuse and power dynamics. Definitely is a tragedy for Nicole. She doesn't deserve this life. No. <laughs> she should just go to Princeton. She shouldn't even go to Princeton. She should go to UC San Diego <laughs> and have some fun. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm sure Princeton people have fun too. But yeah, maybe she just needs some sun and sun for her exposed ankles um get some vitamin d yes not be so sad saint agnes doesn't saint agnes doesn't sound like a very fun high school yeah that's right um okay is there anything what it what do we love about the piece what do i love about the piece what do you love? Do you have anything you love? What do you love? <laughs> you know, I realized that we didn't even say, um, like, our, our takeaways or anything like that. We just, we just really... Our takeaways from the Yeah, piece. we did a two-sentence summary, and then we just really yeah. dove in. I love it. Um, so, hmm, what did I get from this piece? So, post-summary, as I think about this piece... I think that I loved, I, I, maybe I, love is too strong of a word, but I did like the words that he used. Like I said, I love the way that he, I love the way that he uses very specific words, sort of like the rinse, 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 like these small little things to Mm -hmm. build. Trauma. They literally say trauma. (laughs) Yeah. I I think I like the way that he uses words to construct characters. And I mean like latches onto one specific thing or one specific quirk. Like the teacher sneezing two times whenever he doesn't know what to say. Or when Nicole says, Nicole signs her letter respectfully to like kind of gauge where the teacher is at, you know? Like she like toes these like lines. Or the barber whose you know knife has bitten the hairline i i like those small small things that the writer does um and i will be trying to steal that and emulate that what about you yeah i agree he has very good he has a good command of the english language Mm. i feel like technically is a very you know like technically as a piece of writing doesn't really have too many flaws it's mainly just the the subject matter (laughs) which i'm like hmm but yeah like i don't 
this is very this is well very well written. You get a very good sense of like the vibes and like place, and it's very like I like how it's like very. It it cuts to the chase by being very stylized and like just talks about only what it wants to talk about mm. and not like I feel like sometimes pieces get too bogged down in like the logistics of how stuff happens versus this piece is not is very stylized so it's not like super realistic but it is like very good in terms of it gives you it's a very strong like sense of like what the piece is and yeah i like how it's like yeah it's pretty it's pretty mysterious you don't really know it doesn't tell you like hey this is what i want you to take away you gotta you gotta piece it together mm, i like that yeah and also i take it back apparently douglas does like the pimple cream lazy girl look because he's imagining her baggy sweater covering her wrists um also <laughs> at princeton <laughs> yeah just having just daydreaming about it right also ew i'm like actually ill and nauseous when he's having his dream about her in a low rider black bikini i take back everything i said this I mean, he was always creepy to me, but for that line just shakes me to my core in a way that actually makes me feel ill. Ugh. Douglas, no. Yeah, and he's like, ooh, we're going to drive to Montauk together then. Mm. I don't know. Oh, I think I wasn't taking a harsh enough stance before, but now it's, I'm I'm there. I'm there with you. This, it's It's a creepy, it's a creepy takeaway. I don't even want to imagine what he happens like, to them. This is weird. He's just very... He's just like a lonely dude, basically. And then, like, he saw this... He just had a crush on his girl. On this girl. And now he's like, Oh, I guess I have, I'll never get married. So <laughs> I have to get married to this high schooler. Yeah. Um, And that leaves us with our question of what burning questions do we still have i guess i want to know like what what does david schnicker want us to think about the relationship (laughs) (laughs) like i feel like he wrote it he must have had something in mind right when he wrote it whether like he wants us to approve or maybe he doesn't have any maybe he doesn't when he wants us to think for ourselves or we approve or disapprove but you know i feel like I want to know what he thinks. Yeah, you know, I think that by making her 19, it he is, like, asking a question about these power dynamics, you know? Yeah, like, when, where do we draw the line? Yeah. Because technically, it's not illegal. Yeah. It, it makes me think about, like, um... I think Olivia Rodrigo is, like, dating, like, her producer, who's, like, 28 or something. I think they... But, like, she knew him when she was, like, you know, 15 or something. Mm. So now people on the internet... So, but now she's, like, 18, so people are, like, you know, it's technically legal. But people are, like, hmm, interesting. Yeah. I feel like I get the same vibes here. Because, like, it's, like, technically, I guess it's not illegal, but still it's, like, hmm, weird vibes. I definitely think he's asking the question of where do we draw these lines and um, very much questioning loneliness. And I think now I'm starting to think it's a little bit more about these like cycles of, you know, abuse in, well, I'm calling it abuse, but maybe not abuse abuse is not the right word but maybe he's asking questions about these like cycles and like what's okay you know in terms of the parents and whatnot um or how these like conditions happen how these conditions of positions of power and potentially like exploiting people happen i don't know yeah i feel like that line where you know after he beats that guy up in the flashback it's like he wanted to simultaneously to vomit and to shove his tongue into Heather <laughs> Angelona's mouth. <laughs> I feel like what I feel like he's the author trying to tell us like if he didn't have to box, he wouldn't have done this shit. Basically, mm. but I guess yeah, I like your idea that it's like 
about trauma and the self-perpetuating cycle. It's definitely about trauma because he literally on page something, Nicole says trauma. Right, and like rinse. Page seven. And she's also saying rinse, rinse, rinse. There's something, there's some themes about cleanliness and like purity. Yeah. Mm. The whole thing with King Lear is very, yeah, it's about... Yeah, I guess it's about the cycle that Nicole is now in. Hopefully she breaks out of it. Praying for you, Nicole. I hope you don't marry Douglas. Um, she would be 42 today. <laughs> I, I'm i thinking about the burning questions I have. I, You know what? The burning questions I have are what the heck happened to Rhonda later on in life? Um the bombshell achiever i want to know about what happened to all these women afterwards i want to know if he accepts nicole's proposal i want to see how all her friends react i just want to see the aftermath of everything um and to know even if they get together like maybe nicole had a really like weak punch you know that was a sign that they just weren't gonna make it maybe douglas was like hey you didn't you didn't punch me hard enough, Nicole. Um, this, this, this isn't going to work. <laughs> yeah, that's what I like to think I'm is going to happen. i BDSM stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what I imagine. I do want to know what happens to the other girls. Yeah, I, I do imagine that Nicole just very weakly punches him and he's like, that's it. It's over. I'm looking for something else. Mm-hmm. Um, this is our segment where we do some internet sleuthing to find out some of the context behind this. I did some internet sleuthing. Apparently oh. they were going to make a movie. They were going to make a movie based on this story starring Owen Wilson and Natalie Portman. No, but then, really? Yeah, but then it never happened, I guess. Why didn't it but happen? There are articles. I don't know. Maybe because they realized it was super fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to watch this movie, guys. <laughs> But didn't they make yes. Lolita into a movie? They did. So, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe they were just like, this is just a worse Lolita. Sorry, David Schneiker. <laughs> Sorry for roasting your piece. I'm, um, yeah. Um, I did not look up anything about him because I forgot. Um, so I'm glad that you had that. Um, were there any writerly techniques where you thought, damn, I'm going to steal that. I'm going to steal how <laughs> it's very random. But when he said, like, when he was going to make them take a vocab quiz, he just had, he was just like, vocab quiz, said Douglas. And then, like, that started the vocab quiz scene. Yeah. Know? I feel like if I did that, I would be like, we're having, I, I would take too long setting <laughs> up the vocab quiz. Right, right. So maybe in the future, if I want to just have a scene be about something, I'll just have them be like, you know, swimming lessons, my dad said, and we drove to the pool. That's actually a pretty good transition. Yeah. No, I I think that this is very much a a piece where everyone took action, whether you liked the action or not. Most of the time I did not, but everyone was very active and I did like that. Um and there was not really an explanation behind it. They were just doing things. Yeah. I like I like that, too. He was never like, oh, Ben Douglas, you know, had a huge crush on Nicole, so he did X, Y, Z. It was very, like, he just did stuff, and then you had to interpret his feelings. Mm. So now some good writerly technique. Good writerly technique, indeed. Um, let me see. I feel like another I feel like this guy he basically just gave up on making the dialogue realistic <laughs> which I think is good because I think I try too hard sometimes to make dialogue realistic by having by having him be like how are you doing I'm good blah 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 and then actually get to like what they're supposed to talk about versus like here they're just like you know do you they just talk they just don't they don't have that set i was gonna say but do you think it's unrealistic like if we read it if okay like go to page 
oh god, I do not want to roleplay this situation with you. But I do want to see if it's like, um, <laughs> like, I do want to see if the dialogue is natural. Okay, you're going to be Douglas, and I'm going to be Nicole, and I'm going to botch his last name, so I'm going to call him Mr. No, I think I can say it. Also, yeah, I think it's weird that their last name is Boner. <laughs> Nicole Boner. I think it's Bonner. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I definitely... Well, I'm reading it as Boner. <laughs> it's definitely not an accident that it was like, oh, it's one letter away from Boner. <laughs> you could to pick any last name when you pick that. That's so funny. I'm really bad at pronouncing names, but I love that you thought that it was Boner. <laughs> Maybe it is. What if what if David is just was writing that and he was like I'm laughing so hard at this. Um maybe yeah, maybe the jokes on us for reading this. <laughs> maybe which price do you want to read? Okay, let's do let's do 2 to 2 to 3, the phone call. I'm just going to straight read the dialogue. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, just read it. No, you're first. You have to say hello. Oh, I'm reading it. All right. <laughs> this is my this is my Owen Wilson audition. <laughs> Hello. Good evening, Mr. Kerchek. Nicole. Yes, sir. How'd you get this number? Off the Rolodex in the principal's office. How's your ankle? A chew. A chew. God bless you. Isn't that weird? <laughs> Thank you. How's your ankle? <laughs> it's it's all right. I banged it on my radiator. Really? Yes, really, Nicole. Do you know what's happening to my ankle as we converse? <laughs> oh my god, no, this is not realistic. Yeah, see, pause. It's very weird. Pause. Very. I'd be like, oh, what? Yeah. All right, I believe you. I don't know. When I was reading it... I also just think all... All the dialogue with the parents is, like, so weird. Oh, the parents are just kooky characters. Yeah, they are. They are really... They are really out there. Yeah, and maybe that's the thing is, like, another way that the author or that David has created layers to Douglas whereas in a world where everybody seems so out there he seems more sympathetic and normal definitely is the most normal one right in this whole piece and that's a very interesting tactic yeah so maybe we're not I don't know maybe we're not supposed to take him so seriously Mm. I don't know, still gave me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, I mean, maybe that just goes back to that, uh, that picture on the front where he is just the only one who's normal and everyone is laughing around and living life. Doesn't it look like he's posing for, he's like, he's trying to act like he doesn't realize this photo is being taken, but he mega knows. <laughs> His photos being taken. Yeah, who knows what this picture this is the for? Get from this photo. Oh, it's him at prom. Yeah. Hmm. That's very interesting. I wonder why they included that. I wonder if that was his choice. I'm guessing it was his choice. But the weird thing is, like, also with this picture is because he's, like, wearing... I don't know, like, just a regular polo. I don't know what people wear to prom. I didn't go to prom. I didn't have a prom. That's true. Like, it makes him seem like the Douglas in this situation, which is, like, something that I don't think yeah, he would he want. It definitely does seem like the sort is making him be Douglas. Yeah. Which is an interesting vibe <laughs> to get from the picture. Yeah, exactly. Um... So, did this burn your literary loins, slash what would be your New York Times ambiguous Hmm. review? It definitely burned my literary loins. (laughs) For all the problems I have, yes, for all the problems with the content, it still burned my literary loins. It's like an interesting piece to read. But, my New York Times review would be, it was very well written, but still not it's not the it being well written doesn't override 
how weird it is. Yeah. So, I don't know. My my uh, New York Times ambiguous review would be, if you want a story that makes you feel conflicted and confused, but potentially, no, no, I, I don't even know what I was saying. I have nothing to say. My ambiguous review is, this story is unsettling. That's it. <laughs> and it does burn my literary loins. Is it unsettling in a good way? Yeah, it is. So. It is unsettling in a good way. I do. I am curious. I'm curious about Nicole's future life, what she goes to study, what window she'll look at with her exposed ankles. And I am interested to see if Douglas will get heartbroken. And I hope he does. And I hope he realizes that it's super weird that he was heartbroken by a former student, which I hope he comes to realize is a very weird thing. Douglas just has to change his whole outlook. Yeah. Um, he's got to join like a bowling league or something instead of going to the movies like a weirdo <laughs> and watching them. <laughs> he needs some friends, basically. Yeah, I mean, go off and go to the movies on your own. That's a high. That seems very peaceful, but I think that... Yes, I have no problems. I do that. <laughs> yeah, me too. I think that he just... um, His perception of himself, he needs to find some self-worth. Because he's always so scared about being caught, you know? Like caught eating his gummy bears or what he was wearing. or You know, he's not confident in himself. He's trying to act cool mm. for the students and the teachers. That's right. Instead of just being himself. Yeah. And that is such a weird thing for me to read as everyone in this world apparently thinks he's hot. But he... And and he knows that everyone thinks he's hot. And yet, he's so empty. And that's, that's interesting. Yeah. I feel like it's like, you know, it says like, oh, he writes recommendations. It was one of the few vanities he allowed himself. Mm. He should just allow himself more vanities but not like weird ones like having crushes on his students but like just enjoy he's like he's repressing himself basically right right for some reason i agree well i guess that concludes our thing is there our untitled or yet to be titled podcast. that's right winton is going to choose the next story since i chose this one that's it. That's the end of the podcast. Tune in next time when you read something else. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop it. Okay, the end. We're ending it now. Goodbye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our podcast. <laughs> if you want to support us, listen to more episodes. Or if you have any recommendations for anything you would like us to read, contact us somehow.